to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's Stu's Stu Kedwell, co-head, North American Equities, RBC Global Asset Management. Welcome back for Stu's Days. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me again. I'm good. And now we got a new regular or at least semi-regular feature of Stu's Days, the Stu Review. What do you think of that? That's, uh, you like it? There we go. It's good to have a it's good to have a, a flexible name like uh, like Stu. Yeah, <laughs> and that flexibility helps you as an investment manager. But but Stu, as we just uh, all all joking aside, as always uh, with the Stu review, uh, interesting first quarter to say the least uh, in terms of what's been going on in markets in in twenty twenty one. When you look back at the uh, the first three months of the year, uh, what really struck you? For, for that, or what, what do you think investors should take away from what we've seen through the first quarter? Well, you had uh, you starting, uh, you know, with the vaccinations, uh, the approvals, in the, or the finding the vaccinations in the fourth quarter of last year. You know, you had this aggressive move towards a reflation and reopening. Uh, you know, you've seen moves in the bond market that, uh, in the periods of time that hadn't been seen in some time. Uh, seeing the ten-year bond uh, really uh, aggressively move higher, and anything associated with what the economy might look like on the other side of reopening, doing extremely well, and that was that was a huge feature. And and uh, the way that that manifested itself was the average stock did better than the index, right? So we can look at we can look at the S and P five hundred, which is a market cap weighted index, so dominated by Apple and Google and Amazon and what have you. And we can look at the equal weighted S&P 500, where everyone gets 25 basis points, no matter which company it is. And the equal weighted index did better during that period of time. As strong as the headline was, it was a great period of time for the average stock because the average stock needs a better economy. Whether or not you're an energy company, a financial services company, an industrial company, you know the idea that uh, the economy was gonna reopen, that we were gonna probably be vaccinated by the summertime was very powerful for the long nose of the stock market to kind of sniff that out as we uh, as we move uh, through the first quarter. Yeah, and, and we we touched on that on on some of the podcasts. I encourage people to uh, to to go back if you if you haven't already, if you're new to the podcast, to go back and listen to some of the uh, and these are all you know five to ten minute podcasts uh, that we've done with Stu uh, most Tuesdays in the first quarter. We touched on a lot of these issues. We looked at uh, the energy sector, financial sector. Uh, the the sort of old what we call old industries or the older part of the market dividend focus that uh, that responded well in in the first quarter uh, versus tech that was pretty strong in the the first few weeks of the year but then uh, certainly tailed off in the in the in the second half of of the quarter uh, and and then obviously interest rates as well so so Stu that that, that then puts us here in the first week of uh, of April and what do we see uh, carrying through from the first quarter uh, into quarters two, three, and four as we go through the remainder of 2021 from your perspective? Well, it's a good, it's a great question. Like the first thing is, is that, you know, the economy is likely to be really strong in the back half of the year. And um, just as uh, no investors had seen uh, the economy contract like it did right after COVID, uh, in all likelihood, very few investors will have ever witnessed the strength that we might see in the back half of the year. Now, the key question from an investor standpoint is not how strong will it be, but how strong will it be relative to expectations, right? 
And, you know, that is something that's uh, obviously a little bit harder to reconcile at this juncture. Um, when we look at the move in interest rates, you know, that's not a bad starting point because when a 10-year bond moves the way that it did, and you're trying to figure out, well, the Fed has told you, we're going to try and stay on hold in terms of raising interest rates for as long as we can. And there's this tension in the marketplace where, well, what if the economy is really strong and the Fed's on hold? Will we have inflation? So, you know, you can look at a 10-year bond and when when the 10-year bond was at, say, 175, you know, towards the end of the first quarter, you can sit there and say, well, what if there's no interest rate increases for the first year, the second year, what have you? And embedded inside of a 10-year bond is one five-year bond for the next five years and another five-year bond for the five years after that. And you can use math and say, well, what is the bond market when the 10-year bond's 175? What is it telling me about a five-year bond in five years? And that rate when the 10 year was 175 was probably around two and a quarter. And, you know, that's probably not a bad spot where the market's going to digest things for a little bit, right? Like if inflation runs around 2% uh, eventually and, you know, a five-year bond was two and a quarter, that would mean that the real rate was around 25 basis points or a quarter of a percent, which is probably not far off what the economy could actually handle, right? Today, real rates are still negative. But once you get there on interest rates, it kind of creates a bit of a pause all over the place because you have uh, bank stocks that have done really well. And then you say, well, what if rates don't go a lot higher? Or what if they just are here for a while? You've had economy stocks that have done really well and people are starting to say, well, it's strong, but maybe it needs time to digest a little bit. And what we saw right off the bat as we started the second quarter was a bit of a move back towards some of the traditional growth stocks. So the Microsofts and the Apples and things like this, the Googles have had a very good run in just the last three or four days as money has rotated around a little bit where the discussion becomes, I know the economy is going to be strong, but is it going to be strong enough to maintain all the momentum that was in place? And maybe I should move the portfolio around to kind of hedge my bets a little bit to say, what if it's really good, but not spectacular relative to expectations? Oh, that's really interesting because uh, and 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 does explain a little bit of 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 what we have seen over the last week, uh, where where some of these growth names have, uh, as, as you suggest, have, have have really come back nicely, and 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 interesting uh, to 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 put in the perspective of, you know, this is kind of hedging your bets in 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 terms of where where growth may may be, and given where interest rates may go over the next six to twelve months after this huge run that they've just had in the first quarter. Yeah, like the two things that investors always focus on are the absolute level of something is definitely important, but the rate of change is is almost more important. So, you know, so a a, a ten year bond, uh, you know, I think everyone would like to see it at one point six, one point seven, one point eight, and that's a that's a healthy level for all sorts of you know things that make money off of interest rates. You know, it could always be higher, of course, but uh, you know, it's not a bad level, but if the if we were at 1.4, 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, that's a very good rate of change. If all of a sudden we have a couple of months where we just sit here, you know, the stock market likes rate of change. So if they decide that that's uh, dwindling a little bit, they might go look for it uh, somewhere else. And um, you know, there are some of those those big cap technology names, and uh, you know, we've talked about the three buckets in the past. Like there are some some very highly valued tech companies where we're unsure if the growth will live up to expectations, but 
there are some very solid tech companies like the likes of Google and what have you, where valuation has been reasonable and there's growth to come on the other side of the economy as people start doing like, say for Google, you start doing travel searches and all sorts of things. Yet the core business is still really strong because people are still watching YouTube like crazy and things like that. So, you know, you sit there and say, well, maybe this business, uh, you know, it's not a bad uh, spot that I might, uh, you know, look at. And there's others like it that fit that camp. So, um, you know, we like to look at ratios a lot. And you can look at, you know, your business that you own and one you don't. And if the re if the relationship was, say, four shares of one to one share of another six months ago, and that relationship went to two shares of one to one share, you might say, well, that ratio, maybe I'll just flip it back a little bit inside the portfolio. And um, I've still got good exposure to both, but I've just altered it a little bit as I look forward. Yeah, and that uh, that rate of change thing uh, really strikes a nerve with me. I, uh, I I go to the doctor, and my doctor tells me I'm I'm 30 pounds overweight, but I've lost uh, five pounds each of the last uh, five years, and then I lost 10 pounds this year. So my rate of change is actually uh, improving. So, uh, so Stu, you should have me as a stock on your radar. So that was a uh, great Stu review. Stu, thanks, uh, thanks for your time again today. Great. Thanks for having me, Dave.